0: Welcome to Support Ops Simplified, where we interview thought leaders in the great field of customer support operations to provide you with actionable insights from the brightest minds in the industry. And now, your host, Sid Bumbani, CEO of Sumati. Hello, everyone, to another episode of uh, Support Operations Simplified. Um, we have today with us Joel w- Waxman, um from calendly did i get your name right joel
1: it's a little bit more like waxman but that waxman? Works
0: <laughs> Okay. well sorry about that um yeah,
1: just a hard a in there
0: <laughs> <laughs> so joel joel comes to us from calendly and um i don't know about any of you guys but i use calendly almost on a daily basis <laughs> um but that notwithstanding joel if you can give us a little bit of an introduction about yourself and, and what calendly does just to get us kicked off
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I am the director of customer experience here at Calendly. Um, I'm in charge of the department that has our support team, um, which handles, of course, all of our our influx of inquiries and questions and and concepts from all of our users, pre-sale, post-sale, you know, two years in, whatever the case may be. Mm. I also run the customer success team, um, which is small but mighty and growing very quickly. I know you know pretty much anything related to sort of the first line of defense um, here at Calendly. Calendly, for those of you that don't know, is a tool, um, you know, a software, a product that essentially sits on top of your connected calendar and allows you to have control over sharing your time with others and scheduling with others. So, sort of long story short, the tool connects to your connected calendar. It reads it for availability and it offers times via a link. Um, to you know, invitees that you share the link with, and you can set up parameters of different events and you know the details of each event type within the Calendly dashboard. So, for example, if you have um, if you want to offer a link to go get coffee with you for mm-hmm. someone to go schedule coffee with you, but you know you don't want coffee later than three p.m., you can sort of set that parameter within Calendly that says for this specific event type, only show me as available from eight a.m. to three p.m. And then Calendly will take those rules as well as your actual availability on your calendar and only display the options for the invitees in which you are totally free.
0: Right. And it's an absolute lifesaver if you yes. don't want <laughs> to go back and forth 10 times trying to figure out what times work for you and the other person. Um, and that's why it ends up saving people like me a lot of time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and Joel, I guess one of the other things is you've been in the support industry for more than five years now. Um, you were at Yext earlier, um, running you know a, a team which which had more of a white glove support um, aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight into what that was all about and and how that uh, played into your transition into your current role at, at Calendly.
1: Yeah, so that was actually a really crazy and fun experience. When I started at Yext, I was on the client training team, which was essentially outbound training calls anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes Mm -hmm. for our SMB users um, to just sort of personalize an onboarding call essentially and show them how to use it. But it was very much hang up, pick up all day long. Um, You know, as soon as we finished with one customer, we would immediately dial out to the next. And we were um, measured on how many calls we did, of course, the satisfaction of those calls, things like that. And um, about a year and a half in, Yext had the opportunity to build a dedicated support team for one of their enterprise clients. Um, the client had both the you know corporation was were clients of ours as well as mm-hmm. the corporation's clients themselves. Um, so there was sort of a two part support scenario, and we built a team from the ground up that was able to support these clients and their work um, by creating you know unique websites for them customized content, um, we did s- success calls where we reached out to them and not only showed them how to use the dashboard and how to use their new websites, mm-hmm. but also actually consulted with like the type of content that should be including SEO type stuff, things that will help, um, you know, raise their their location, you know, on on the internet for lack of a better right. explanation. Um, so, but growing that team was very exciting. It was felt very much like a bootstrap startup within this, you know, bigger company that was able to support us we built processes documentation we had to come up with you know the metrics and the kpis that we wanted to measure we had to really understand the expectations of the customers and the corporate clients and their clients and make sure that we sort of sat very nicely in the middle of all of those and and um, you know was a huge success for them
0: interesting and and with both of these I you know what I'm what I'm finding is uh, you've kind of always been on that side where you have a mix of enterprise customers and mm-hmm. maybe consumer type customers um, what has been your kind of takeaway or learning from being able to support both of them maybe there's different expectations uh, maybe there's a different um, you know metric that you track what what's sure. been your sort of experience in that? In that yeah,
1: absolutely, I think um, smaller customers, you know, consumers, um, even small businesses, they want to self serve. They want mm-hmm. to teach themselves. They want to not have to contact support. They want to not have an onboarding call necessarily. They want to, you know, make a, a smart purchase, make a decision on that per- purchase, and and be able to run with it and immediately okay. be able to start using it. I think with enterprise. Um, I would say individually, of course, people want to do that as well. But I think they recognize there's a little bit more red tape, a little bit more um, big promises and expectations and, and, you know, a little less fly by the seat of their pants. And so they are willing to sit down and, you know, get that white glove support or be walked through a, you know, very specific tailored training call just for them. I think the same goes for Calendly. You know, our customer success customers are some of these larger enterprise teams that, Mm -hmm absolutely have the capability to understand how Calendly works, but because of the high value and high risk of the commitment to Calendly and how many users they have and and how they're hoping to use Calendly, there's often details and nuances that not only make for a better customer experience for us to help them through it, but also make for faster success and activation on their end. Right. So if they come to us and you know we can say, hey, we know you can do this on your own, but you have a very specific scheduling need. Let's walk through it and make sure that every loose end is tied. Um, they're they're usually more successful.
0: yeah and and so how how is Calendly organized today in terms of uh, these two distinct types of customers? How big is the team? How, how do you guys I guess segregate the teams if if you do?
1: Um, from a support perspective, we don't. We s- support um, everyone pretty, you know, equally. We do have priorities for our paid users, and then secondly, our users that are on trial, um, mm-hmm. regardless of how large the team is. I will say that our customer success managers do have very close relationships with our large, larger enterprise teams. So, right. um, while while they do encourage them to relay any you know individual support related questions to the support team. there is sometimes conversation going on you know outside of our of ticketing tool um, but from a support perspective, we break down you know our paid users sort of we're always sort of watching that view and making sure they get first priority and then our uh, trial users and then our freemium users, but we aim to answer all of those you know within a very short amount of time
0: right right and and how big is the team overall
1: We have. Let's see. We're growing. We have two new people starting um, on Monday. So let me get this exact number for you. <laughs> um, we have eighteen agents, twelve of which are on our tier one team, six on our tier two team. Okay. Um, we have one one awesome teammate who's sort of been managing the our community forum and sort of like external co- support yeah. conversations. Two managers and myself.
0: Huh. You guys run lean, eh? Cause yes. that's a big, uh, that's a big customer base to, to manage with that many people. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what are your um, metrics for, for agent productivity? How do you guys track it? What's important to you? Um, how do you guys go about doing that?
1: So it's funny. I have a thir- almost like 30 to 35 slide, slide deck of advanced metrics that I look at each month. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but those those aren't the main ones, and I certainly I think would drive me crazy if I needed to look at every <laughs> one of those all the time. Um, but it's just really cool to you know check in on all things um, that have to do with support and see where things are growing, where the needle's moving, et cetera. Our three main KPIs um, and one sort of sideline metric we play pay close attention to. Um, the first one, of course, is customer satisfaction or CSAT. To me, it's the most indicative KPI to measure. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've said this before in, in other conversations, but you can experiment all year long. You can work on uh, requester wait time and this that and the other. but if you're if the customer satisfaction is not growing or at least you know plateauing at the top, um, then it it kind of doesn't matter, right? right? So for us, the customer satisfaction is the biggest one. Um, then we look at resolution rates. So we use a software called Stella Connect. Um, and within those customer surveys that get sent after we solve the ticket, mm. they ask for a five-star rating and then follow it up with, did we answer your question today or a mm. version of that? Um, it's either yes or no. So that percentage of yeses in those responses is our resolution rate. So we measure that. Um, and then our first response time is very important to us. Our CEO tasked us with um, a fun experiment of um, dropping all first response time for all users to less than 15 minutes within the business day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that in within a quarter and we did it um, significantly. We sort of average around six to 11 minutes for all users, okay. which is crazy because yeah. <laughs> we were up at like 180, you know, sort of before we took on this challenge. Oh, wow. So it's, it's become, yes, quite the jump, but it's become a very inspiring sort of, Foundation for our team. You know, everything we do is making sure the inbox is being taken care of. Um, even when we're in meetings, even when people are on PTO, there's a lot of support and having each other's backs to make sure that this is possible. So that's really cool. Interesting. And then, yeah, go, go ahead. You no, know, sorry, that sideline metric that I was mentioning is just the average requester wait time. So, how long is that customer waiting for us, whether it's an open ticket the first time or a follow up? Um, how long until they hear back from us?
0: okay. This is throughout the the life cycle of that interaction, not just the yes. first time around. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, in a lot of cases, when, when I'm talking to leaders in the support industry, um, you, you can kind of break down the metrics into three main buckets, right? It's um, mm-hmm. answer the phone or get to the email or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, answer the question. And then make sure you answered it and actually solve the problem. So I think from, from <laughs> right. that perspective, you know, first time to response and, and being able to measure the fact that you did actually close the ticket or, or you know, that's where you guys are going with that. The mm-hmm. part that, that becomes really interesting is that CSAT portion, right? Or the customer satisfaction portion, which is, I mean, uh, if I understood correctly, it was primarily driven by, by surveys uh, post-interaction. Um, mm-hmm. So what kind of responses are you getting on those? We get percentage of the people actually come back and and tell you whether you did well or not.
1: Yeah. So we have a pretty decent response rate. Um, I think it's about and I can actually tell you for the last 30 days, it's been around 20 Mm -hmm. percent, which hopefully the people listening know that's relatively good for the industry. That Uh, is really good for the industry. We're sending, you know, upwards of a thousand tickets a day. So um, it's a pretty decent response. And it's actually great. First of all, I can brag on Stella connect for the rest of my life because um, what it does is allows the interaction to be humanized. It allows the customer to report on the actual experience, um, how that agent did less about maybe what, what did or did not happen within the ticket. So for Mm -hmm. example, before we moved to Stella connect, it was yes, I'm satisfied or no, I'm not satisfied. Right. And, we got in a lot of trouble because people would say, no, I'm satisfied. And then they'd respond with, well, so-and-so is actually wonderful and empathetic and nice and all these great things, but your product doesn't have this or whatever it is. And so we weren't able to truly measure how the support person was doing as a support person, right. regardless of the content of the ticket. So Celeconnect allows us to do that. It rates them from you know one to five stars and allows them to add comments as well as follow-up information with that resolution rate. So we do very well. Um, you know, we average about 4.89, 4.91 um, in, you know, out of 5. Um, we get incredible comments. People go out of their way to share that with us. Clear, direct and professional, very friendly and helpful. Thank you so much. I mean, we get paragraphs of people, you know, thanking us for our time
0: nice. and
1: and just just, you know, bragging on this person. And it's it's really wonderful to see and obviously helps incredibly with morale. Um, yeah, my team is filled with incredibly empathetic people. And the reason why they love this job so much is because they love helping people and they love supporting people and being able to get that instant gratification of, you know, I worked really hard on this ticket. I hope it does well. And immediately getting the response that says she crushed it. That's exactly what I needed. We loved her. Thank you is just, is what keeps them going.
0: That's that's awesome, and yeah. it's kind of interesting what you pointed out over there, right? And and I've I've heard uh, a number of other people who've been on the show talk about it too, where customer satisfaction is is almost a two part question. It's you know, were you satisfied with the service you got, and then were you sort of satisfied with the product itself? And sometimes you know, being able to to demarcate those two things, or or being able to like tease out the product stuff from the service aspect. Um, ends up becoming a bit of a a hard proposition, right? Mm-hmm. Especially when you send out surveys, which is based on 0 to 10 and stuff like that. So right. um, in, in your case, do you guys look at the the surveys um, or the CSATs that you're getting back in a way that drives product or, or influences what um, engineering does in the next version and so on?
1: yeah, absolutely. I was I was actually gonna say, you know this is not to say that we ignore the feedback about the product. On mm-hmm. the contrary, it becomes more important because we can segment it out and you know do something about it. Um, how we do it right now is, you know, between the actual questions that come in, tickets that we receive as well as this feedback, if it does include product feedback. We have um, a pretty organized and ever-evolving um, communication system with our product team. It co- we have a couple of versions. So first of all, we use a Trello board where that's organized by squad. Okay. And the customer experience or support team has access to that Trello board. And as they get specific tickets that either describe a certain use case or a problem or you know, an, um, an expected behavior that could be different, they'll add that ticket to a card that describes that fix or that recommendation. The other thing is that every person on the customer experience team is embedded into a product squad. So they attend um, some planning meetings, some design meetings with the intention of, First of all, speaking on behalf of the customer, so if product is you know going off on some some button that they think is going to change the way things work, and the support team is like absolutely not, none of our customers are going to understand what this button mm-hmm. means. Um, they're in there to sort of share that information, but on the flip side, um, they also you know make sure to carve out five to ten minutes of each meeting to share with that product team what recent findings there are. You know, what are the three biggest pain points for? this specific thing that you guys are working on and how do you fix it? Um, Interesting. So that's been a really huge uh, and beneficial communication connection that we've implemented.
0: Very cool. So do you have um, an example or a story of something that that came through this communication, something that you were able to influence in a very nice way that ended up being a big win uh, from a customer support perspective?
1: Yeah, so I have, I mean, there's a ton of examples. Pretty much, our our product team is incredibly intuitive and takes um, you know customer listening very seriously. So they are usually on the same page as us in a lot of ways, and and they are, of course think like product managers and engineers. So we you know we're missing that piece a little bit, mm-hmm. but we're you know very often on the same page. Um, a sort of funny um, story is recently, and this is like our product marketing managers. So they rolled out our brand new integrations page, which shows all of the different things that Calumlee can integrate with. And it's mm-hmm. awesome, it's beautiful. It you know shows all these great things, gets more people involved. Um, the issue was is that a lot of our integrations are actually through our integration with Zapier. Um, which either just require that simple like additional integration or maybe require a premium Zapier account, whichever you have to pay for right um, and it could be very confusing. and the way they set it up, of course unintentionally, that wasn't very clear. So mm-hmm. there was this wh- all these pages of wonderful integrations that in reality you had to sort of like go to Zapier to set up and uh. immediately flag that and we're like, listen, we are either going to get customers who you know see that logo and are excited to sync with it. And then are pissed when they find out they actually, it's not, you know, native or they're going to go through the process, connect to a Zapier account, thinking it's Calendly, purchase an account, realize they have to then purchase Calendly account and be even more upset. So let's avoid all of this. And it was such an amazing thing. I, you know, bum rushed a meeting with our, um, our VP of marketing and said, Hey, we need to fix this quick before we launch this and call people's attention to it. And the the team very quickly threw together a um like a just a little um like a logo or you know, something that said via Zapier that goes on each of these cards on the Just so
0: card. that it explains it better for those. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Just so there's a little bit of a heads up, which was awesome. And this happened within, you know, three hours.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the kind of stuff that you want to kind of head off before it becomes an issue and ends up blowing up your support lines and causing yes. that, that negative customer uh, experience, right? So yes, exactly. that's, that's an amazing story. Um, what, what kind of tools are you using other than, you know, um, the one you mentioned uh, mm-hmm. for the surveys? Um, are you using a CRM or are, are you guys connected in any other way um, with your product teams where you're tracking yes. all of this?
1: Uh, kind of. So we use Zendesk Enterprise for ticketing. Mm-hmm. Um, our product team are all light agents, so they do have access to reports and to tickets. Um, we tag all of our tickets with you know, as many tags as necessary to make it easy for our product team to find it. Mm-hmm. So our PMs are in there a lot, um, sort of just sorting through recent tickets about whatever topic. Um, we use Stella Connect for our CSAT and resolution rate. Um, we use Solvee for deflection, so this comes a lot with um, you know you were talking about our team is very lean. that's true. Um, we also have sort of this fake powerhouse uh, customer support person, which is actually a deflection tool um, within our knowledge base and in our app.
0: Yeah, it allows to yeah. Yeah,
1: so so they're they're awesome and has have been a huge help. They were a huge help at the beginning, but then we put them in our actual app in Calendly to put the knowledge at people's fingertips on that page. Oh, that's and a cool has, idea yeah, it's made a huge impact. Um, our Our self-service rate in Salvi grew like hundred and three percent within two weeks of putting it in the app. Nice. Um, we use Trello and Confluence for a lot of that interdepartmental communication. Um, we you know everyone sort of writes up confluence docs and and sort of uh, pitches and scripts and things that are going on so that everyone can be in the loop. Um and of course, Trello is a wonderful sort of to-do list planning thing you you know about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um Slack, of course, is deeply, deeply integrated into our day-to-day um, constant communication. We have a we have a product question channel where if someone on support, you know, wants to make sure that it's this is the intention, you know, expected behavior and not a bug, we'll we'll sort of pop it in there and a yeah. product number will answer. We have a QA escalation channel if we see something that we know isn't right and we want them to handle it. You know, there's a ton of communication. Um, We use Full Story. We use um, Mode for reporting. Of course, we use Calendly for scheduling. (laughs) Um, And we use Lessonly for learning and onboarding for all the different teams, which has been super, super helpful as well.
0: Cool. Well, that's that's quite the portfolio of tools yes. you have there. But I mean, <laughs> it, it kind of makes sense, right? Because if you have a SaaS product where you have different kinds of customers, some looking for self service and some looking for more of a high touch, um, you, you kind of have to make sure you're providing both in a manner that that scales. Um, so you know, speaking speaking of scale, uh, what are some of the the aspects that you're working on for 2020 and beyond as you um, grow your support team and and kind of the, you know, tackle the challenges that are coming at you now?
1: Yeah, definitely. So we, one of them is live chat. Um, we rolled it out over a year ago, but we were always only offering it to teams of 10 or more um, just as like kind of a premier support experience. Mm-hmm. And then we decided that, you know, we want to, something that I constantly do probably, you know, if not every day, at least once a month is check in with, what I believe the expectations of our customers are, and make sure that we are meeting them or exceeding them. In my, in this case, you know, I know that people are looking for live chat. I know they're looking for the opportunity to be on the page, ask a quick question, get it done, and move on. Mm-hmm. So we recently um, added live chat as a support option for our trial users as well. With okay. the concept of, you know, they're in their first 14 free days, let's make it as easy as possible to understand the value of Calendly. And then, you know, from there, they can self-serve, they can write into support, et cetera. So that, um, we added that for all trial users, which are a lot of people, and our bandwidth is not as um, spread out as it probably should be for right. um, for handling that. So, That's one thing that we're looking into is how do we continue to support these customers on all these different channels, you know, become a true omni-channel support team um, while making sure our our support agents are, you know, feeling happy and not overworked and and overwhelmed. So that's one thing. Um, The other thing, and this is not, I guess, total um, public knowledge, but it's not really a secret either, is, you know, we're hoping to try and find a way to support all of our customers internationally um, and sort of be around from a support perspective 24 7. and we we recognize it's a it's a feat and it's a long journey and we want to do it right so we're being very careful um and very meticulous about how we approach it we're experimenting right now um with a version of sort of a um additional like supplemental support that will help us work um you know through the night and specifically support our international customers. We have a, we have a huge, um, market in Australia. And after doing some math, I realized that we're available for like 30 minutes of their business day (laughs) and it broke my heart. (laughs) And so, you know, we're trying to work on, on that in the hopes that as we expand internationally, you know, people will feel confident in purchasing, knowing that they have the will have the help that they need when they need it.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. And and follow the sun is one of those things that's becoming so quintessential to a support operation um, at a very early stage um, now too, right? I mean, Calendly is, is a much bigger company, but I know of uh, smaller startups that also have that requirement based on where their customers are. And it's a problem they need to solve for much, much earlier on in the life cycle now than than it used to be in the past.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So yeah, no, that that makes perfect sense. Um. You know, it's it's interesting, kind of seeing you um, kind of talk through these things and 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 seeing what you value in terms of your team and 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 your customer experience. Um, and I'm curious as to you know what uh, influences you've had in your past um, careers or or your lifetime that mm-hmm. has kind of gotten you to think about the problem in this way. Um,
1: yeah, um, that's a good question. I think half of it I can absolutely speak to my experience. The other half I think is just kind of who I am as a person. Um, and, and the same with everyone on our team here at Calendly and everyone I've worked with in the past, we're people, people, and we want to help, um, as many people as possible. And we are incredibly empathetic sometimes to a fault. And, um, and so it helps really drive very good work from the experience side of things. You know, my first sort of real career in, the tech space or, or really at all, um, besides like babysitting and a few other random jobs growing up, um, was my job at Yext. And they did such a, an incredible job at creating a culture of, you know, customer first being customer centric while also remaining, you know, product led. And, mm-hmm. um, the CEO was always Howard Lerman was always around and accessible and all the leadership was that way as well. Um, we had this little family on the training team and we were all great friends and it continued to grow and it was just really easy to want to do very good work and do right by other people because you knew that they had your back as well and they wanted to grow you and, and, you know, support you in whatever way you needed. Um, I'm still very good friends with pretty much everyone I worked with at Mm Yaks. Um, my mentors there are still very involved in my life and we talk all the time and, um, you know. It's just been, it, I think it really shaped who I am both as a, a worker, as a person, and as a leader, um, definitely in the support world, because they, they paid a lot of attention to not only the experience of the customers um, and taught us that, but also the experience of the people who were offering that experience. So the employees and their happiness um, was very important to Yext as well, which has really made a, a big impact
0: and And that's such a key aspect, right? Because a lot of people, when they're talking about support, you know, the focus is on customer experience. but then the the flip is you know if your employees are happy, your customers are happy, and then it all comes down to the culture you're building within the team to be able to facilitate that
1: mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think part of it, too is you know you have to also be very real and recognize the reality of what support could be and what it has been in the past. And this call center concept, scares the crap out of people. <laughs> <my language. laughs> and, you know, it scares, it scares me as well. I would never, ever want that environment. And that, you know, cause it, it, for so many reasons, it's just not what you want it to be. And it doesn't provide an experience you want to provide and doesn't allow for career growth the way you expect it right. to. And, um, you know, so for me, I, that's always in the back of my head, you know, what is this decision I'm about to make? Does it lean anywhere towards that that Call center vibe, Um, and if it is, you know, we run in the other direction and rethink it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good compass to have. Yeah, Um, it has been an absolute pleasure, Joel, talking to you and and learning more about Calendly and and how you look at things, um, and learning from your experience Um, and from us here. uh, Best of luck with uh, with your plans and and growth at Calendly for the for twenty twenty and and years to come. Um, And thanks again for your time.
1: Thank you so much. It was a lot of fun.
0: Thanks for listening to Support Ops Simplified with Sid Bambani of Sumati. Tune in next week for another interview with a customer support operations thought leader.